Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so and no one can cross from there to us. He said, then father, I beg you to send him to my father's house for I have five brothers that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace. It's a cheery tale, huh? (laughs) Jesus, in this parable, gives us a glimpse of what hell looks like. There is agony. There is separation. There is an unwillingness to extend mercy. The hell that Jesus is describing, however, doesn't lie in the part of the parable that imagines the afterlife. The hell Jesus is talking about is hell on earth. And the one who is living in it is not Lazarus, suffering and hungry, but the rich man inside his tower. Stay with me here. It's interesting the details Jesus chooses to give about this rich man. We know that he wore expensive purple clothing. We know he kept the feeling of hunger at bay at all times because he was able to feed himself sumptuously. And we know that he lived a secure life apart from everybody in a property with walls and a gate. But what Jesus never tells us about this man is his name. We only know him by the things that he used to insulate and to isolate himself from the needs of the world rather than by a name, which is something you need 
only if you're in relationship with others. Jesus gives us a reason for why this man was so eager to stay inside his house. There's a man who sat just on the other side of his gate. He was hungry. He had sores. He had no one to care for him unless you count the dogs. But he did have a name. Lazarus. And that name in Hebrew means something that you might think is a cruel joke given his circumstances. For Lazarus means God has helped. It doesn't seem as though God has helped Lazarus at all, does it? But the way that we as humans see is different than the way that God sees. And the second half of this parable, the one that takes place in the afterlife, it sheds some light on why Jesus chose the name Lazarus, God has helped for the poor man. Now many of us might see Jesus' images of places we go after we die, filled with either torment or comfort, as being literally true. But that's not what Jesus is trying to accomplish here. He's not giving us a glimpse into the unknowable fate that awaits each of us. What Jesus is doing with this second part of the parable is actually holding up a mirror to his listeners and saying, this is how wealth and poverty look to God. It may appear to all of you that the rich man is in comfort, but God thinks that he does not even know what life is. In fact, the life that the rich man leads on earth is eerily similar to the life that he leads in Hades. He is cut off in both. He is distant from other people in both. He has no relationships with others in both. And that's what hell is. It's separation from God. It's separation from those in need. Hell is when we find that the wall we've built to keep others out boxes us in. Hell is when we find that the stuff that we've accrued ends up having the substance of nothingness and is like a chasm that makes it impossible for us to see and know and love one another. Hell is when we feel indifferent or hide ourselves from our neighbor's suffering. God is giving this rich man an opportunity to exit the isolated hell he's living in by sending him Lazarus, the neighbor in need at his doorstep. God is longing for this man to come out and be in relationship and to be known by his name. But that opportunity for relationship comes with a cost. To love Lazarus and to be moved by his suffering, the rich man must give up the illusion that he stands apart 
from suffering and death. The rich man must willingly choose to look at something unpleasant. A hungry man covered in sores. He must give up the lie he's told himself that his whole life can and will be a waltz through a flower field. And that's what wealth does to us. Wealth is any lie we tell ourselves that makes us feel set apart or above or unmoved by the suffering of others. And poverty is just the opposite. Poverty is any condition that makes us unable to hide our own sores from the world. And so in Jesus' time and ours, we try to remove ourselves from those who cannot hide their sores. We structure our whole societies so that many of us can arrange to avoid those in poverty of any kind if we wish. There are cities that will put spikes on concrete slabs so that homeless folks don't sleep there. Municipalities often will concentrate affordable housing in one area rather than spreading it out. School districts resist integration. These forces that keep us separate today are modern-day equivalents of sumptuous feasts, purple clothing, and walls. And Jesus tells us that even though they may look and feel pleasant to us, anything that keeps us indifferent or separate looks like hell to God. Jesus is also holding up the mirror to us in the second, or in his imagining of the afterlife, to shed light on what God thinks of poor people like Lazarus. It may appear to all of us that Lazarus is forsaken, and yet God chooses him and all who cannot cover their sores in a special way. God takes their side and promises to vindicate them. The God that we encounter in the Bible is not a neutral God. God chooses to take the side of the poor, the stranger, the sick, the orphan, and the widow. That is the God we are dealing with. Lazarus has a name then, not because the rich man knows him, but because God knows him. The God we get is a God who sees the suffering in the world and doesn't build a fortress around God's self like the rich man does. The God we get is moved with compassion in to enter human pain and brokenness. The God we have does not look away when we cannot hide our sores. God knows the name of each one of us who suffers and stays in relationship with us. So if we want to find God, we should follow God there. Jesus calls us over and over again to be with the poor and those who can't cover their sores, 
And he does it because it brings us in contact with the truth. And the truth for each one of us is that our human condition that we share is fragile and precarious and vulnerable and also beautiful and full of promise all at once. The truth is that death and suffering are inescapable, but life while we live it is still real and good and abundant. And the beauty of the life that God has created us for is that it isn't one we have to live alone. True life, life with God, begins as we step out beyond the walls that we build for ourselves and step into loving relationship to our neighbors, starting with our neighbors in need. True life begins when we know each other by our names and not our possessions. And the word Jesus uses for this stepping out is repentance. In the Greek, repentance carries the connotation of a change of mind, or a turning in a new direction. It's turning from the fortresses that we build around ourselves, delusionally thinking that they'll keep us safe from suffering and death. And it's a turn toward relationship. The trajectory of repentance is downward and it's outward. It's outward across that great chasm that lies between us and downward toward the people who cannot hide their sores. Repentance looks like letting the poor of this world take up residence in your minds, to let them occupy your hearts as you go about your daily actions. I don't know what the specifics of this turning or this repentance will look like in your life, that is something that you discern with the Holy Spirit. Your own trajectory of going downward and outward with God is something that you will work out in fear and trembling. But here are some things that I've been thinking of this week. What if I were Two, when I was at the grocery store, before I get anything for myself, put in an item or two for the food shelf? Or what if I committed to watch the news while wondering what unfolding events might sound like to someone working minimum wage or someone deeply in debt? What if you opted to serve dinner at a homeless shelter instead of going out to eat at a nice restaurant? or pay more for your child's sports registration fees to scholarship someone else? What if you became pen pals with a prisoner or started a conversation with a panhandler? None of these things will end poverty, but in doing them, you will see the neighbor at your gate, the hungry one, the one who cannot cover her sores, and you will know her name. And in doing so, you will touch the abundant relational life that God has created us for, and you will avoid hell on earth.
The rich man built a wall, and it turned into an eternal chasm separating him from others. The cross of Jesus Christ has built a bridge over that chasm, a bridge to draw us toward one another in light of God's mercy. Will we cross that bridge? We have Moses. We have the prophets. We have someone who has risen from the dead. Will that be enough to convince us to cross the great chasm?